Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, hope you're having a great Wednesday. Sandy Max is here. So is Greg Mansick. Debbie Lazica has your roads. Adam Roberts is producing the show this afternoon. I love it when new restaurants come to town. I love to eat out, and we don't eat out a ton, but I just think it's fun. I love to be out. And there's a really cool-sounding place coming to Bayshore. It's called Buchanan's. It's a U.K.-inspired pub offering classic fare with a Midwestern twist. So they say they will feature Scottish, Irish, and British dishes like shepherd's pie, fish and chips. But it'll have a Midwestern flair to it and have kind of like a supper club-like atmosphere. I welcome that. Yeah, me too. There are not enough of these. I still miss John Hawk's Pub on the Riverwalk. I still miss them in the little red phone box that they had out on the Riverwalk. And it was a great location on the Riverwalk. And it's been gone for years, over 15 years, and I still miss it. Yeah, I do too. That was a fun place. I'm a huge fan of Three Lion, no, Red Lion Pub. Yeah. Because they have a painting of one of my favorite British comedians. But they're very authentic, and I like Three Lions in Shorewood. I yeah. do, too. That's like, a fun place. You know what an Anglophile I am. Like, we need more of these. So, you know, the other thing the that's amazing. That make, Go ahead, Deb. Are those the kinds, are those the kinds that make uh, a correct Guinness? Because there's yes. a particular way to pour a good Guinness. And Three Lions I, does, for sure, I know. The, do they? Okay. Yep. Good to know. Well, you're right, it's though. It's typically not refrigerated, right? It, there's a temperature component. Yeah. To pour in the well, and they got to pour it twice. they got to like do it in two stages. you got to sure. let it settle for a certain amount of time. And make the clover on the foam. Um, so, And the food's gotten much better over, there, over the years. The last decade alone, the food has significantly improved. I know in Ireland, they've made a real effort to improve because you know, nobody over went to, no one went to Ireland for the food. They went for the Guinness and the castles, and but the food is much better in yeah. that part of the world than it was a decade ago. I enjoy eating there. All right, so you're going to be going there. <laughs> yeah. If you want to go eat some meals with Sandy Max. Authentic there. English food. Yeah, actually, uh, the trip that we're going on in October, there's yeah. still space left if you'd like to join me. It's called the Beatles and More in England Adventure, but we start... As soon as we land on a, with a secret food tour That's in cool. London, yeah, wow, so we're really? going to be sampling. Yeah, and part of that includes Borough Market, which is uh-huh. if you think the Milwaukee Public Market, like think huge, yeah, with stalls of cheeses and veg, and yeah, oh, that so, sounds cool. So that's a good way to kick off the trip. Yeah, it's so uh, you start in London, right? Mm-hmm. And then we'll go to Liverpool. Oh, fun. And we'll go to Windsor, where the big Coronation concert just yeah. was. And we actually tour Westminster Abbey, where everybody watched the, the, cor- the Coronation there. And we're also going to go to Oxford and Stratford-upon-Avon, Ooh. where Shakespeare was born. We're going to go to Stonehenge. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm mystical and mythical there. That's so cool. it's going to be fun. And uh, that's just some of it. So I'm glad to email you the brochure if this perks up your ears. Uh, Sandy at WTMJ.com. That's S-A-N-D-Y at WTMJ.com. Because part of the Liverpool that's scratching my itch, you know, there was a Beatles-themed restaurant called Let It Be based on the Cavern mm. Cub. That's been waiting to open in Waukesha for like three years, and that's still not open. I didn't know. So that. I don't know when it's going to open. Yeah. So, like, let's just cut to the chase. Let's go to the Cavern Club. Let's go to Liverpool. Let's, let's that's soak amazing. it all in. And that's a great time of year too. You're going in October. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it won't be too cold. It won't be too damp. It'll yeah. be it'll be just damp enough to be England, but it'll be warm enough to walk around and uh, get on the coach and drive through the Cotswolds, the beautiful English countryside. So it's I'm, a great itinerary it's a great trip you go with other listeners from wtmj and a great travel company so to get the brochure and it's sweet send an email to sandy at wtmj.com sandy at wtmj.com that's gonna be a great trip
Pip, pip, and cheerio. (laughs) (laughs) It is 513 at WTMJ. Ah, for the sixth time, he is the fastest man in Congress. He is from Wisconsin. He's U.S. Congressman Mike Gallagher, clocking in at about six minutes and 40 seconds per mile. That's incredible. Congressman, thank you very much for being with us. Well, I appreciate it. I'm getting slower, though. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm not the young man I once was. I don't, there's no, you know, I need a nemesis. I need a, I need Tom Kahn to run against, I someone to train against, but, you know, it's well, not happening. So you I did this, it, well, you ran the 5K in like 20 minutes. What'd you do it in last year? Well, I, keep, I mean, I did it like 18-something the first few years. I wow. I did it 19-something uh, this time. But I'm progressively getting slower. It's hard to get faster as you age, and particularly with young young kids. I, I don't exactly have time to, you know, my <laughs> wife doesn't let me go out and run for two hours. Whatever. I'm impressed. I'm, I'm impressed. That is that is good stuff. Um, you got a big night tonight. There's a primetime hearing on the economic threats posed by communist China. Why does this matter to people who live in Wisconsin? Well, for the better part of two decades, China has been waging economic warfare against us. China pocketed the uh, R, allowing them to uh, join the WTO and, and never fulfilled all the promises that they made when they did so. And what we've seen from China since is intellectual property theft. We've seen unfair subsidization of their domestic industry, so American companies are competing on a level playing field. And we've really seen a decimation of middle-class manufacturing jobs, particularly in the industrial Midwest. We're now waking up to the fact that we need to do more to defend ourselves. And in key areas, reclaim our economic independence from China. They control 90% of the processing in the world for rare earth and critical minerals, for example. That's an enormous bit of leverage they have over us. There's similar numbers for their dominance when it comes to advanced pharmaceutical ingredients, meaning they could threaten to cut off the export of advanced pharmaceutical ingredients if we got into a conflict with them. So we have to figure out how to reduce our dependence on China, how to make sure that we're competing on a level playing field, and how to make sure that American businesses aren't losing their jobs because China's cheating, China's not abiding by the global rules. So that's what tonight is all about, how we win that economic competition. Speaking of economics, what's your take right now on the current status of the discussions about the debt ceiling? Well, they're talking, which is good. Unfortunately, the president refused to talk for 97 days, and therefore we wasted a lot of time. And the president was insisting that on a clean debt ceiling increase, which is not, I mean, that was never going to happen. Uh, they knew it was never going to happen. So, all right, they're talking now. That's positive. We passed a, a framework out of the House, which I think was very sensible. It was a debt ceiling increase, but it paired it with Certain things like clawing back unspent COVID funds, work requirements for able-bodied adults, for for welfare, um, making sure that uh, Biden's unconstitutional student loan forgiveness, which would benefit wealthy Americans, largely uh, doesn't go forward. Um, Common sense reforms, you know, spending levels, pre-pandemic spending levels. And so that's now the framework they're negotiating over. You know, we're not going to get 100% of what we want, but I think we'll get a lot, and uh, we'll see what happens. It's something we got to work out in the next couple of weeks. Um, it's unfortunate that in D.C. you have to wait until the last second. you got to wait for the crisis uh, in order to get the solution. But that's where we are right now, and I'm hoping that the president, you know, actually comes to the table in good faith. 
Congressman Mike Gallagher with us on WTMJ. All right, so then you have your big hearing tonight in prime time talking about the threat posed by China, and then you're off on an overseas trip. Where are you going and what are you doing? We are going to the United Kingdom uh, in order to talk with our allies uh, in the U.K. about how we combat Chinese Communist Party aggression. We're also going to tour some AI facilities that are there, some semiconductor facilities in order to figure out how we dominate those technologies and don't allow China to dominate those technologies. We're going to have a series of policy discussions with high-level British leaders um, in order to figure out how we can get on the same page when it comes to standing up to China. And it's really critical if you look at our alliance structure, the heart of it is is the Five Eyes system. Five Eyes refers to the countries. It's an intelligence sharing agreement with our closest allies. The U.K. is among them. Uh, it also includes uh, the Aussies, uh, uh, the Kiwis in New Zealand, and Canada. That's really the heart of the free world right there. And so we want to make sure that we're on the same page with our allies when we talk about winning this competition with China over the long term. So I'm hoping it's going to be a productive trip and um, looking forward to, to seeing our friends in England. Does what's happening in Ukraine distract from the threat that China poses, or does it shine a brighter light on it because we know they're watching what's happening in Ukraine? Well, I think it shines a brighter light on what happens when we ignore what dictators tell us they're going to do. I mean, Putin signaled clearly that he was going to invade Ukraine. I mean, he did invade Ukraine in 2014 in Crimea, and then he kept saying he wanted to do more, and we ignored it, and we ignored it at our own peril, and so we can't make the same mistake with Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping keeps telling us that he wants to invade Taiwan or take Taiwan by force if necessary, and we ignore it at our own peril. And the only thing that will stop him from doing it is if we – put hard power in its path. And Ukraine has also illustrated the insufficiency of our stockpiles for certain key weapon systems, certain long-range precision fires. We need to revitalize the defense industrial base so that we can put hard power in the Indo-Pacific to make sure that whenever Xi Jinping wakes up and looks across the Taiwan Strait, he concludes that today is not the day. I got, I got to go back to this fitness thing. Because I'm trying to figure out, we have we have Fox News and CNN on in the studio all day long in here. So we, you, we see you guys when you're on TV. And as a matter of fact, I saw you yesterday on CNN with one of your Democratic colleagues. I think on, on that was it on the Tapper show. I can't remember. Um, who who's the biggest threat to give you a run for this fastest congressman thing? You know, I don't know. I thought we got a bunch of new young people in, but they didn't show up. So uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that I'm. I'm hoping that Tom Cotton starts starts running again. You know, we get a bunch of <laughs> veterans in that are talking a big game, like Dan Crenshaw, Mike right. Walsh, all these Navy, these Navy field guys, these Army guys that write books about how badass they all are. Right. They don't show up for the race. I don't get it. So we'll see. Hopefully we get more people running next year. We need more competition. Steel sharpens steel. I, I mean, Mark Wayne Mullins, a former MAA guy, looks like he could, you know, crush a, a bottle with his hand. He could definitely beat me up. I would not want to get in a fight with that guy. I don't know if he could beat me in a three-mile race, but he could definitely beat me in a bar fight. That's for sure. Well, yeah, you wouldn't want him to catch you, but he probably wouldn't catch yeah, you. That's right. But you're that's stealthy, right. though, so, I mean, that's probably not going to happen. Marjorie that's Taylor right. Green, let's get her out there. I want to see her running around. She's a big crossfitter, so who knows? Maybe I know. She she's getting around for my money. Exactly. She's not messing around, too. Hey, how was the Paul Ryan thing today? They unveiled his portrait. It was great. It was a great event for Paul. Uh, you had everyone who uh, spoke very nicely at the event, in, including, you know, uh, Majority Leader Schumer and Minority Leader Tim Jeffries. It was a, a bipartisan thing. And really, 
you know, Paul talked about how important the institution is, and the house in particular. I mean, it's the people's house. We're supposed to be most responsive to the needs uh, of the people, and that's what makes the institution uh, special. And so it was, uh, it was a very cool ceremony, and I was glad to be there. All right, he's the fastest man in Congress, and he's going to be busy the next couple of days. He's Green Bay's Mark Gallagher, uh, Mike Gallagher, excuse me. I don't even know why I did that. Congressman Gallagher, thank you so much for being with us. You're busy, and we always appreciate it when you make some time for us. Thank you. Glad to do it. It is 525 at WTMJ. Never miss a single moment from Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Thanks to Geist Garage Doors. You can now listen to the show anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, WTMJ.com, and more. All the big interviews, serious topics, and fun conversations right at your fingertips. The Wisconsin Afternoon News Podcast presented by Geist Garage Doors. Don't think twice. Call Geist. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Meteorologist Brian Isnansky is with us on what's kind of a hazy day. Yeah. What's up with that Unfortunately, yeah, you know, unfortunately, uh, we have wildfire smoke, Canadian wildfire smoke, that's preventing us from seeing what would have been like a day with like crystal blue skies, you uh. know, clear blue sunshine. And unfortunately, too, I think this is going to hang around for a while, guys. It's far away, too, right? Isn't it like in the western part of Canada? Yeah, yeah, like uh, mountainous regions, you know, over towards like Alberta uh, and stuff, a lot of those wildfires. So um, it just worked its way in last yesterday afternoon with our cold front was our first kind of punch of it. And now it's just kind of lingering and hanging around the Great Lakes. There's an area of high pressure to the east of us and. Really, we don't swap out like uh, overall air mass here for a while. So um, I was looking at some of the modeling, and it looks like, yeah, we, we could be dealing with this all the way into the weekend. Maybe not as strong, and there will be times where you might not even notice it, but I do think on and off we're going to have this for at least the next few days. So how often does this happen? I know from time to time we talk about this. Does it happen most years that at some point or another yeah. we get wildfire smoke? <laughs> It seems to. Um, you know, I think the most common time is like the later summer stuff, like when uh, the western U.S. starts to really pop off with bigger fires out in California, yeah. Washington, Oregon. When they start to get their wildfires, there's a lot of times in the summer where you get a big ridge of high pressure across the country, and then basically that smoke will ride along the, the northern edge of that ridge through like North Dakota, South Dakota, and then eventually into uh, the Midwest. But uh, yeah, we're getting a little bit earlier here with that Canadian wildfire smoke let's blame the pneumonia front right if we couldn't blame it for anything else let's blame it blame that <laughs> makes sense <laughs> yeah it was something though wasn't it? i, I it you was. know what to be honest like I, i'm on the i'm on the side of like these are silly names you know like i, I think polar vortex <laughs> is kind of like a silly name like I, that it's just not my style i think they're kind of buzzwordy type stuff oh, yeah, but yeah. like but to be truthful i mean it was more than like your standard cold front. I mean, that has some oomph to it yesterday. Yeah, you and were it in definitely it. was a game changer. It yeah. gets your attention. <laughs> it did. And it's and it's and it's something that's unique to us too. It's something that, you know, was coined by the National Weather Service in Sullivan in the sixties and it's uh an intensifying cold front out over Lake Michigan when water temperatures are still cold and uh it's something that, that we have here locally and I guess be proud of it with a name, right? Do you yeah, want to exactly. come up with a catchphrase, Nids? <laughs> I don't know. Is <laughs> that on your Let's bucket with, list of your career? Never mind. Let's stick to pneumonia front, all right? <laughs> all right. What do the next couple of days look like? 
All right, guys. Uh, so tonight again, we're looking at mainly clear skies. Still going to be a bit hazy. Now low temperature of 44 for Thursday. Uh, better day. We're going to start to warm back up. Hazy sunshine. Looks like 68 lakeside, 73 degrees inland. Good chance of showers and storms moves in Thursday night. It'll be sooner for our northwestern spots, probably not making it to Milwaukee until around midnight Thursday night. And some of those showers could linger into early Friday morning, but by the time I think most of us get going Friday, it will be dry. High of 63 on Friday, partly cloudy. Saturday, hazy sun again, 66 lakeside, 70 inland, and Sunday, hazy sun in a high of 71 degrees. All things considered, weekend looks pretty good, guys. All right, before we let you get out of here, one of the other things we've been talking about today is tipping and the tipping culture. So if you go to a Panera and someone waits on you, they pop your order into the little computer, and they give you a receipt, and then they're going to wait on the next person. So that's their job. They're at the register. And they turn the little sale thing around, and they ask you, would you please continue your transaction, and you can leave 25, 20, 18, custom tip or no tip. What's your gut tell you? What do you usually, what do you do in that situation? Okay, my first initial thought, and I hate to say this, is because I'm not a big deal at all, but my I hate to say this is I always think, oh, what if this person like watches me for weather and I don't want to come across as being cheap and blah, 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 blah. That's you know a great I mean? point, like, actually, because they could also post about it. The last thing you want is right. somebody putting a Facebook yeah. or, or tweet out about it. Right. All right, so let's put that factor no out tip of it. Um, That would be a terrible no, nickname. I, am, terrible nickname. I will say I am very, very good at tipping. So, All right, so that aside, I will say a lot of times it really depends on if I felt like they were kind, they gave a smile, they said hi back, and they were very good at yeah. taking the order, then yes, I will, not 20%, but like a couple bucks in a scenario like that. But I don't like, what I don't like is the whole like predetermined, like it's already defaulted yeah. at an amount, and they're like staring at you, and they're yep. looking over at you and stuff. With the like, I've even had like waiter situations where they'll hand you over the little tablet thing, and they stand over you yeah that's while yeah it's just it's not that that i don't like it's very socially awkward yeah you know your nickname is nice guy niz for sure yeah that's much better you're (laughs) right all right thank you so much this is weighed in that's what we thought you'd say you're a really good guy oh you know the one that i do that i have ramped up is takeout food because i've learned that with takeout food like maybe like certain spots that you're regular you get better you get better treatment your stuff might be done sooner it might be hotter you're good to go. You're making an yeah. investment in your service. Yeah. Well, it's, Absolutely. It's like when I go on vacation, the first thing I do at the pool is make sure I take really good care of the guy bringing the drinks. You yes. know, he'll be back. 100%. That's super important. Meteorologist <laughs> Brian Nisnansky. Hey, Niz, have a great rest of the night. You too, guys. See ya. Local strippers. At a strip club in Los Angeles, went on strike, and now they're taking matters a step further. They say they're going to get taken care of one way or the other. ABC's Alex Stone is huh? with us from Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. Alex, good afternoon. <laughs> hey there, guys. Yeah, the uh, the, the topless dancers at uh, Star Garden Topless Dive Bar here in L.A., they... Uh, they walked out and they they went uh, from the pole to the picket line where i mean they they have been out actually picketing for a year protesting uh, conditions demanding better uh, working conditions and now it has been announced they are joining the biggest theater actors union in the US the actors equity association uh, that's the union of broadway artists and others 
they're now going to be part of of that. And they say that they have won this battle, that the working conditions are of such that they need a union. Reagan is a stripper at the club, now going to be covered by the union. It feels very surreal. It, it feels like the most important work I've ever done. The uh, women say they want less touching while they're dancing, more safety, protections against harassment, cleaner workplace. Velveeta is another stripper of the bar and says they've had real concerns. Not respecting our boundaries, um, on inappropriate touching, and touching on stage and in the lap dance area that we didn't approve of, and it was uncomfortable. But, John, uh, they're not the first. In 1996, uh, there was a group in San Francisco that uh, at a club they uh, unionized. That club has long since gone away, so it has been many decades uh, since this has gone on. They're the only ones in the U.S. right now. They say they feel proud. They hope being covered by a union that that then spreads to other states and other areas and that more strippers do it. We are walking back in as unionized strippers, the only unionized strippers in America right now. And they say they are proud. This accomplishment is absolutely the best thing that I've ever achieved in my life. So they will be under a collective bargaining uh, contract. They will be. They will have a contract. They will begin negotiating that here within 30 days, the union and the the club will have to begin uh, negotiating what that working contract is going to be, but uh, they are making history in a sense, even though uh, there was something similar back in 96, but history in the, the, the recent past that they will be the, the only strippers in the U.S. to be under a union contract. That stripper named Velveeta, that's like Velveeta, a Wisconsin yeah. stripper name. Yeah. Can you imagine when they went around saying, what do you want? Man, Velveeta. Uh, cinnamon, candy, and I'll take Velveeta. Yeah. Not craft singles. Give me Velveeta. Yeah, the the Velveeta. Could Smooth. could this lead to other uh, other strip places? Their workers organizing, unionizing. Absolutely. The the uh, workers at at Star Garden. That's what they want. Now the the ecosystem in California is more open to it. In the 2019, uh, voters in California voted to get rid of independent contractors. So whether you're an Uber driver or you deliver food, or you're a writer on a TV show, or you're a stripper. There is no such thing as an independent contractor. They're all employees of their employer. So, depending on the number of hours worked, that everybody's got to get benefits and uh, and overtime and vacation time and, uh, and all other things that you would get uh, as an employee. So they were able to go to the uh, National Labor Relations Board and say, we are employees, unlike in most strip clubs in the U.S., where... The women aren't paid by the, the club. that They come in and work for tips and, and make money other ways, but not uh, typically money coming from the, the club necessarily, or it's a small amount, um, but that they aren't working for that club. In California, under the law since 2019, and then what the voters wanted, they are employees of that club. So they are saying they're like any other group of workers. They feel like that they've been wronged, that they've been working under conditions that they do not like, and... Now they're going to have a union doing their negotiating for them, and their power was seen. They walked off the job. The club had to file or is filing for bankruptcy, had to shut down for a year. Now we'll be able to open back up. And it's not just any union. It is the biggest one of theater actors in the U.S. And, I mean, they have a lot of members and they're welcoming them, open arms, saying, come on in. Well, and Alex, they're entertainers. If they're not there performing, it's just a bar. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they may call themselves a dive bar in their name, but uh, but the topless part of that name, Star Golden Topless Dive Bar, that uh, that's kind of you know why they're known.
You know how they decided whether they were going to do this or not. They took a poll. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> okay. I got, yeah, a, we go. I got a lot of these, but I, I need to keep this job. Alex, so. thank you for this uh, on-scene report. Well done. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Alex Stone, it is 554 at WTMJ. NX Wealth Management's webinar, The Inflation and Rate Hikes and Bears. Oh, my. It's now available in full on WTMJ.com. Wisconsin's Afternoon News host, John Mercure, along with NX Wealth Management's Dave Spano, discuss the current economic climate and how to plan for your best financial future. Visit the Features tab on WTMJ.com, or you can text the word Annex, A-N-N-E-X, to Old National Bank Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620. It's Annex Wealth Management's newest webinar, The Inflation and Rate Hikes and Bears. Oh, my. A couple of quick notes about tomorrow's show. Charles Benson will be with us taking inside uh, us inside what's going on in Wisconsin politics. And part of that involves a shared revenue proposal. Cities like Milwaukee and counties like Milwaukee County are excited about the money they're about to get. But there are some losers, some that don't fare as well. Dane County, Waukesha County, the Waukesha County Executive Paul Farrow will be with us live on tomorrow's show coming up at 315.